you're listening to the Consequential Podcast, which is brought to you in association with Interpretive Dance. You can't see this because we're on the future radio. But we're back. That's the main thing. And the main we are thing is that dancing we're dancing hard. They aren't actually dancing. I'm not. I should say that. I am, in fact, Dave Convery. You do not strike me as a gentleman who can boogie down. I am not. That is right, Roger Hart. Good evening. Lucy's deliberately not saying anything, so we can't. No, it's true. I thought you were going to say my full name, and I just felt weird about it. So, Lucy, mystery person. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I mean that sort of sounds sort of Scandinavian or like bullshit. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Lucy. Hi. While we've been away, what have you been reading? Goodness. Well, the first thing I read was the first volume of Witches. And how did you find it? We've raved. You I'm making a face. I'm making a face. I'm making a face. I'm sorry, I'm making a face. I didn't get This is the audio description episode. Wherefore the face? Um It lacked any like Okay, so so in terms of the pacing, I felt like the fact that it was sort of released as genre singles made it so that there was so much action that I had no reason to care about any of the characters. They all felt a little bit thin. Okay. Um, some of the plot felt a bit contrived. I guess the sort of the the kind of the wife reveal at the end. It was I like, thought that was odd. Oh yeah, I just retconned this into a thing that seemed innocuous in the past. It's like there wasn't. I don't mind if you plant stuff ahead of time and then there's genuine emotional payoff. But it was like, oh, we planted a thing that we later explained, but there was no real reason. You just, why should you care? Yeah, so there was some emotional punch to that for me. I did think it was weirdly not foreshadowed, or if it was, I missed it. Yeah, I, it just turned up and I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not here for this. And I guess also it sort of felt like the whole point of all the characters who weren't the main dude, particularly like the women in his life, was to show him stuff about himself rather than be anything of their own, in particular like the daughter... I got kind of a sense of her, but the main point of her was what she showed her dad about him. I didn't really... I felt nothing for her as a character, particularly. She felt too thin. No, I can buy that. So she has this start of her personality. And then she falls down a hole for two issues. Yeah. Um, And whilst I have no doubt that she's going to turn into something a bit interesting... Whilst I strongly hope she's going to turn into something a bit interesting... I, I can totally see that. It felt like they'd sort of put in red hair and an interesting name in lieu of a personality. I get the impression that people like her that. as Buffy the Vampire Slayer is volume two. Right. It might not be, but Slayer that's, of mythological that's beasts. certainly where it felt like it was going. Cheap hair dye and off-the-shelf kookiness, though, it is. it was the go-to personality substitute of quite a lot of people in the early 2000s. Oh, it's still going oh, myself on. myself included. We didn't have the future radio back then. We could, no, that's we true. You only have the past radio. Ways. Yeah. Which is just the radio. It is just the radio, and yeah. they wouldn't let me on it, because I say fuck a lot. They let me on the radio, and I say fuck a lot. I was on the TV once. Oh, really? What were you doing? Uh, I accused the police of being paedophiles. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> the local police force had taken to just filming people from the bushes. <laughs> Um, to, ca- to, to, to counter to catch question to counter antisocial behaviour yeah they thought this was a good idea they didn't see any sort of civil liberties issues with this which to be fair if you're the police in Saffron Walden you probably don't think about those things yeah, because you don't have a lot stop. to do you don't need to think about civil liberties but um, they the, there were some 
people asking for opinions on this and me being the grotty little bastard that I was and also involved in the local rugby team explained that, you know, me and my friends run around in small shorts where they're filming and uh, when I see a camera sticking out of the bushes, I don't assume that it's the police. <laughs> How did this and go of down? Course, they went with it. I, I got recorded and played a lot. Um, <laughs> At school. At school, yeah. yeah. A lot of people thought that was... Oh, this was me. I, yeah. I was thinking this was like when you were a student or something. No, I was like 15 and a grotty little Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, a lovely time. Wow. Wow. Why were you on the radio? Did you, did you bring down the fury of internal affairs on them? I don't think... I, they stopped filming. I think that probably would have happened anyway at the point where it's on the news because everyone yeah. knows they're filming at that point. Also, like, mid-90s video recording technology was not unobtrusive. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, I've been on the radio multiple times. Before? Well, once I was on BBC Cambridgeshire to talk about our company's CSR activities. And another time I was on Do Cambridge 105 to talk about comics. Mm. It was many years ago. I don't plan to repeat the experience. Yeah, like last year and the year before, wasn't it? It's like at least two, three years ago. That counts as many. Much has transpired since. Such as you reading something else. Yes, I read Long John Silver. Ooh, that looks good. It's really good. It's like the best thing I've read in ages. I like pirates a lot. Okay. We didn't know this. <laughs> no. This is no, new this information. Is new. I wasn't aware of the pirates thing. I had forgotten quite how strong it was. I mm. like um I like piracy as a trope. I like the sort of entertainment trappings. Whenever anyone here talks about running a product on a skeleton crew, I just think of, like, jolly skeleton sailors on a pirate ship. Is this why you steal so much shit? Possibly. I, uh, yeah, so this is this is a French comic by... Uh, Xavier Dorison and Matthew Lefray. Yeah. And it's basically poised as a prequel to Treasure Island. Mm. It's what Long John Silver done first. Mm. But really quite a lot of it is about the structure of Elizabethan society and morals, which was yes, weird. Yes, and I wasn't country expecting houses that. and ancient abortions. Yes. Lovely. I was expecting Charming. much more piracy and much less ancient abortions. I, I mean, I really liked what there was. This, this feels like it's going to hit my sweet spot because I love, like, old-timey England history shit. I love, like... South America, Lost Cities of Gold, shit, and I love pirates. So um, I'm going to be buying them all and reading them all. You're pretty selling this to me. I fucking love pirates. It's another of the sort of big, big, beautiful cinema. Oh, it's so lovely. Oh, is this the one that Christian was writing about? Yeah, Christian, who uh, we've spoken about before, who reviewed his comic on here. Indeed, friend Um, of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, recommended it um, years ago, and I. Yeah. Grabbed it at the Thought Bubble because Cinebooks always do a ridiculous three for two offer where mm-hmm. you get a lot of comic for your money. Um, and it was one of the ones that I picked up. I How many really liked it as well? Oh, many. I think there's five or six of them. Yeah. Oh. And they're good, they're, they're substantial, they're sort of thin but wordy. The art is absolutely beautiful, the yeah. colouring's beautiful, lots of big, intricate splash pages. And Did you read uh, the Marquis de Anoam? Not yet. I think you'd probably enjoy that as well. Oh, good, because that's on my list. It's 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 basically that sort of setting uh, with rational, rationalist Tintin in Breton. I fucking love Brittany as well. If I told you mm. how much I love Brittany, I, I love all the Brittany cultures. When we talked about the uh, monkey down, uh, yeah. you, you did explain how much you love Breton shit. Yes, I, I do. I like Breton shit as well because it's essentially 
the sort of Celtic mythology that I'm familiar with, but just like 70% more French. It just makes it that weird. Yeah, yeah, it's really charming. Nice. Don't tell you about the thing where you get weird um, appearances of Lancelot in folk mythology in uh, Normandy, and you I can, think maybe also Brittany. You get tons of it. The, the the whole sort of the Celtic mythology, the Arthur mythology, mm. is all hugely in, in, uh, entwined, mm. um, and takes all of these weird little forks and paths because mm. it sort of combines and separates as you get people moving around, and it yeah. It's but really you've also you've also got all of the weird sort of kind of Trojan and classical influence seeping into that shit as well because those are the stories that are being told too what I found fascinating is the kind of the medieval matter of Troy stuff they didn't have Homer Mm. they were yeah it was was other sources snatches and bits and pieces and so you've got a lot of stuff coming down it's crit into twelve cross so you Mm, get a lot of of stuff coming down through there but uh... Um, I feel we strayed this has been been the medieval literature section of the podcast this is the this is just the section where we prove that our interests are diverse and our credentials are bona fide. Um, that's what you want in a suitor. Yes. He's a suitor. You do want to know that he's bona fide. I watched that recently. I was really hoping someone would take that and go to an <laughs> O Brother place with it. And we all did. Yeah. You well, gave it to the right audience. Yeah, I mean we've been we talking about movie. Homer, it must have been mm. rapidly approaching the full brain. Fucking mm. love that movie. And it's got songs in it and I still like it. I know. It's impressive. And there's, I noticed things this time about Homer. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a lot of stuff in yeah, there. But there's there also the Christian devil. It's true. Um, which I had a hell of a time explaining to people when I first watched it at university. <laughs> like, look, he literally has fire in his eyes every time you see him. He's, he's meant to be Satan. Don't get it. <sighs> right, it's, it's symbolism. Apparently, I just knew a lot of really thick people at university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't hard. We didn't, we didn't get a fancy university like you. Oh. Uh. You also read Super Mutant Magic Academy. God, yes, I did, and wasn't it? Isn't it great? Yes, it's fantastic. I have to read this now, don't I? Yes, you can borrow it. Um, I I read it in the same room as Dace, and every ten or so pages, I was like, no, you've got to stop what you're doing and look at this one as well. This one's really good. This one's really funny. Um, Did you just show him the funny ones, or did you get, like, an existential horror? I I showed him uh, the one about... The one that I tweeted, the one about Jimmy... He was like, oh, we're not going to win, and then they do, and he's like, yeah, but we're all still going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that one really resonated. Yeah, I mean, it was. I was interested in sort of where it went at the end, because I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Um, it wraps up. Yeah, and it wraps Apart up. Apart from the one bit of it that can never, ever wrap up. Mm. Of course. World without end. Yes. Uh, no, it was, it was glorious, it was charming. It gets sort of the... It actually, well, in the same way that Skim did, but in a much more humorous context, it just totally gets teenagers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know. To mark using the voice. Because teenagers are often sort of represented as being sort of big bundles of id with no actual attempt to yes. do creative things or do anything, sort of, anything useful. And they're all trying to define themselves rather than just doing stuff with energy which yes. is a way that you often get teenagers which to is which is lovely because it's so much more true and i you know you see you see in those characters people you know yourself or knew at that age and that's and you said for mortals um, mm. yeah oh god they were just lying to me weren't they yeah sorry dude probably shit it's great everyone should read it everyone should read about pirates i wasn't keen on witches that's my summary you've really gone 
polarized. Very different places. Two, two poles, genre. in fact. Yeah. Cross genre. Hmm. Yeah. It was fun. I had fun reading this weekend. Oh. I mean, since Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I did read some stuff over Christmas. I didn't. I, I read prose. Yeah, no, I read novels. Yeah, I read Mary Beard's book about the Roman Empire. Ooh, Jesus, that thing's like 3,000 pages long. Yeah, it's, it's not that long. It's, um, yes, it's incredibly approachable. Ooh, is it on Kindle? I haven't, yes, it was dirt cheap for a while. I haven't finished it. I read most of it, but it's... Um, I've been reading a lot about Roman Wikipedia at the moment. I got distracted so. by architecture. Is that just happens. the Wikipedia hole you've fallen down? I've been, I'm in a Rome Wikipedia hole on my phone, but I'm still in a European royalty Wikipedia hole with a bit of spies and Cold War on my okay. browser and work. You can never ever look at like mid '90s wrestling because because that that's inescapable. <laughs> that has a Wikipedia gravity all its own. I went down a Wikipedia hole about different types of voodoo last night. Boats, submarines, nuclear weapons—they all fractalize off into a multitude of fascinating topics. To reiterate, our interests are many and varied, and all on Wikipedia. Mm. Also, I've been adding in citation needed tags whenever anyone says anything spurious or editorialised or misogynistic, oh, kind of and it feels really good. Nice. No, yeah. uh, Mary Beard's SPQR is really good. Good. She's just a, a really nice writer. It, it just clips along. It's great. That's always really useful in a history book. Yeah. Mm. Started so reading. fucking much. I mean, accuracy is great, but also yeah. pace. forcing stuff into your head. Started with... reading Owen Heatherly's book about um, nostalgia aesthetics. You should finish the other book first. No, you shouldn't. It doesn't work like that. No, I've got like eight on the go. Also, you're a dick. I like telling you off. It's yeah, the reason I do this. Because you're a dick. I don't think anything you're saying invalidates my point, and mine does not invalidate yours. I think we all know this is going to get cut. Can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> you are so optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I picked up a little bit of a little bit of reading in the uh, the time that we were not doing this. Sandman Overture, I finally caught up with. I, I managed to avoid buying the singles for a while. Um, it wasn't hard. It was so badly delayed. And, yeah. And well, I, so I was so excited to pick up the first one, and I thought, no, I know what's going to happen here. Look at the people involved. Look at how meticulous it is. Um, so yeah, Sandman Overture, a couple of singles, Injection and Limbo, that I'll talk about, and then there's the stuff that. For our kind of weird grand tidy up that I'll I'll come back to. Mm-hmm. Sandman, Sandman Overture. Have you guys read Sandman Overture? Nope. No. no haven't finished not. Sandman as no, a series. So Sandman, Sandman Overture is um, is more of the same. It it's supposed to be the prequel. It's it's what Morpheus was just coming back from. That got that led to him being able to be trapped in in the uh, in the circle. At the beginning of Preludes and Nocturnes, and. It's a terrible, terrible primer for Sandman. Like, although it's supposed to go first, you should on no account read it first. It's got that sort of flashcard-style reference to what's gone before and slightly galloping attempt to cram in lots of stuff. Now, that doesn't make it bad. It's a little bit nod to the fans, and I would argue in places it's obtrusive. It's not doing what it kind of claims it's doing. Yeah. Is there any attempt to position it as something that should be read first, or is it designed to be read no, directly? No, it's just like... Overture kind of implies, and it's mm. definitely it's it's sort of it's back matter. It's up there with endless nights and the other bits and pieces. It, it fills into fills into that category, and it directly picks up on some of the stuff in endless nights. Um, oh my god, it's beautiful. But the, the, the writing is it's Gaiman's writing. It's him. It, it's as good as like the 
only just second best bits of Sandman. You know, it, it's not quite as electric as some of the stuff in Kindly Wants, but it's good. Um, if you don't like some of his tropey folklore stuff, you won't like this. If you don't like it when he's getting a bit self-involved about the Sandman universe, you won't like this. But you... Oh my god, you can't fault J.H. Williams' art on it. Um, he does have one thing that he overuses, which is these kind of huge double-spread radial pages, mm. where it kind of moves around in the sort of a, a spiral-wise clock motion. Maybe arguably does that a bit too often, but the page composition is glorious, and I'll, I'll come back to it when we eventually get around to graphic design. One of them is a double-page spread where each panel is one of the Corinthians' teeth. Hmm. Uh, and there's some just fascinating movement. It reintroduces Mad Hetty, uh, and there's kind of a walk through an asylum that may or may not be in her head, and kind of weird discomposition of the the panels where things are sort of set not entirely spatial. Mm-hmm. Kind of things bleed in from the the gutters that are clearly dream delusion, but some of it is actually the spatial reality. And this it's just it's a gorgeously gorgeously organised um, book. That is hung a little bit too much on Sandman continuity fan service, mm-hmm. I would argue. Um, like the entire thing turns on uh, the Rose Walker stuff from. Oh God, what's the trait? Is it? It's not Dream Country. Do you mean the the, the storyline stuff? The se- no, that's a Game of You. Rose Walker is in the second trade. Uh, anyway. The, the, the Nexus. So it, it's got a couple of things. One is the Nexus stuff, the other is Dream of a Thousand Cats. Um, there are a few kind of iconic story moments from Main Sandman that it just sort of filks around with in ways that I'm not massively sympathetic to, but it, I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like I didn't enjoy it. I found the experience just glorious, but honestly, I think Williams is doing the lifting. I, I would recommend it, and the hardback edition is beautiful. Who would you recommend it to? Um, is this for your 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 Sandman fan, your diehard fan? Is this for the, the Sandman fans will love it almost without reflection? Because you're like an eighty percent Sandman fan. Yeah, I'm pretty uncritical of. For all I just trotted out some criticism, I'm pretty uncritical of Sandman. I, I genuinely love it. It's part of my formative comics experience. Um, Sandman fans, people that. If Gaiman's slightly nudge nudge wink wink mythology stuff doesn't bother you mm-hmm. you'll love this I'm generally fine with it I do need to finish Sandman first though mm. yes do, do not read this without finishing finishing Sandman mm. not least because you'll be confused as balls by a couple of things that happen if you haven't read um, The Kindly Ones in the Wake so other stuff you've been catching up with Image it's, mm. yeah I mean again mostly what I've been reading since the last since we last uh, cast pod is uh, I, is um not it's really pros, okay with that. But you should be though, because it's the future. Radio. Future radio. Yeah. But I don't think in the future that he would be allowed to do that. I think he would be hunted down with nets and tridents by monkeys on horseback. If you tried to cast pod. a pod. Yeah. Okay. The pod may be construed as littering once you've cast it. A part this one would tell you off. Yeah. And they would have well. But it would be a monkey is part. A monkey one. With okay, then the police would be watching you from a bush. This is true. Monkey police? Wanking furiously. Yeah, the monkey police. So hence the furious yeah. yeah, the monkey police. They're all gibbons. Yeah. The most furious masturbators of the animal the kingdom. Funky, wanky police. Anyway, tell us about injection. Um, it's fucking great. Isn't it though? I am Edland. Your ham offends me, sir. It's just, I loved it. I loved it. I'm not up to date yet. Oh, shit. 
I will say no more. So this 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 one switches. So the first one was Maria's mm-hmm. volume. This one switches onto Vivek Headland, the Sherlock Holmes analog. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but it sort of switches to him at home solving a mystery, and you mm. sort of find out how he got there in the same way as um, in the same way as we did with Maria early on. Mm. Except it doesn't really intercut to anyone else, and it's, it's like him just to Derrida and the Dalai Lama. It's much more pure Warren Ellis than a lot oh, of Oh yeah, well, I am Headland. Your ham offends me, sir. Is that, that whole page is pure, is. untempered. Ellis, you should cut it with something else if you can't handle it. Yeah, yeah you okay. might want to like just occasionally like read a couple of pages. Then Temperate read some milk Emily and Dickinson. baby powder. If you, <laughs> yeah. If you, so if you struggled with global frequency, this is this is going to be a bumpy ride. But also, if you struggled with global frequency, fuck off. Harsh. It's grown-up Thunderbirds. Everyone needs global frequency. It's got like frequency. a couple of bad issues. It's, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's, 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 they can all fuck off. It's got the Spider-Man issue, it's great. <laughs> the Spider-Man issue is pretty cool. This is, this is, um, issue one of the new yeah. volume. Yeah. So it's, it's issue six, it's issue one of the new arc, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not yet immediately obvious how it's going to cut back. It's mm-hmm. very much establishing stuff. There are a couple of references to a couple of the other people, but we haven't seen anything except Hedlund starting an investigation. Mm-hmm. Looks fantastic, not as sweeping and epic. It's much more compressed. The um, the panels are smaller, the rooms are tighter. It's very much more. Well, it's very it, spatially. It's it's nailing its its colours to being in mm. central New York. Mm-hmm. It also introduces the sort of the people in the sort of offbeat procedural TV show he clearly li- lives in. It mm-hmm. introduces the rest of them. So he's got his you know he's got his tame police and mm-hmm. and the characters that you have to have in that TV mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just a very nice touch. They're all just introduced in situ. It's fine. He's just doing his thing, and they, you know, hate and depend upon him because that's how these things work. Um, and it was glorious. It's it's Splendid. still it's still great. Um, Did also, you send me PDFs? I believe so. Good. I'll read also, them. PDFs of um, Limbo, which mm. so I, I also I bought the injection trade because I am fucking double dipping injection. I am buying this on. PDF and in physical because I just fucking love it. And I'll probably do the same with Limbo. You're injecting yourself with Ellis's hot meat. His man ham. I think if you will. His man ham. Shut up. Which actually makes sense Mm -hmm. if you've read it. His man ham. I suspect he's feeling a little bit delicate after the mysterious neurological event and he doesn't want you to think about anything like that. The mysterious neurological event sounds like something from a Don DeLillo novel. I also read the uh, the third issue of Limbo. I'll try and sorry, I'll try and hurry up because I'm waffling on a bit. But it has been established on the podcast the extent to which I'm fucking loving Limbo at the moment. Um, Castle Wingard and Dan Waters, is it Waters? I think it's Waters. Dan, Dan Waters um, are just playing a blinder. They've come out of broadly nowhere. They might have done a few bits of work for higher stuff, but I think this is their first sort of. I should also say that both of their names sound like they should be in Pink Floyd. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and. They're fucking amazing. Casper um, Wingard is what the, the art in it. It's this kind of neon voodoo swamp in which a Lucador crime boss controls dark powers and is hunting down an amnesiac PI. And if that premise doesn't float your boat, then... I mean, I'll have to check the lookup table, but I think you might be dead to me. This In this issue, he uses a damned 
mariachi band to do this. Yes. Is this how you ended up down a Wikipedia voodoo hole? Oh, yes. Mariachi band that fills people with snakes. There's a lady Battle who... Battle snakes? For just the... snakes. There's a lady who communes with the lower through the medium of interpretive dance to disco music. Oh, wow. Um, Four on the floor, baby. It has to be mixtapes, though. They, they spool out of mixtapes and take form. form. It's, it's just so fucking good. And it's creepy and it's atmospheric and the colour is... I mean, he's doing it himself. It must be taking him fucking forever. He's drawing and colouring the damn thing. Fuck. And I am... I am as excited about the visual style, the look and feel, the art of Limbo as I was when I first discovered McKelvey and they let him talk to a colourist. I, um... So, in the complete reversal of how this is meant to work, I actually recommended it to someone who works in a comic shop the other day. Um... Because I apparently do not know any sense of propriety. You're that guy. Um, but also that comic shop, which um, rhymes with Forbidden Planet, doesn't seem to stock it, which is just what? appalling. Did you tell him this in the hope that he would stock it in future? Or? Well, yeah. They're fucking better. It's delicious. <laughs> exactly like that. Exactly. I mean, I agree. Mm. I agree. Also, lizard on a stick. Roger also likes lizard on a stick. That's good. It's got a running joke about lizards on sticks. It's it's weird. It's supernatural. It's bizarre. The double page spread of the Telesharma. It's just just all oh, this comic is so fucking good. We've had a lot of positivity today. A lot of enthusiasm. Mm. Oh, it's all right. That's the gloss is coming off that in a minute <laughs> because we're getting to the craft sack craft sack spectacular. Set up for failure with that name, aren't we? Mm. Roger's heaving sack. Anyway, we'll, we'll discuss my uh, we'll discuss my bulging sack later. Your mystery bag. Mm. My, my nonsense yeah. satchel. Yeah. Mine's full of leucozide. Yeah, it's a problem. My actual satchel, not my nonsense satchel, or my nonsense satchel. I don't have one of those. I don't think I don't think kids would go for leucozide. You probably want to switch out for something more appealing, like a sherbet dip dab, panda cola. No, Panda Pops don't exist anymore. Though what? That is how Dave's ruined his teeth. What, Panda Pop? Yeah. They, you can't get one anymore. Uh, They're uh, gone. Uh, uh, Adios. Ah. Uh, Hasta la vista. We are witnessing childhood's end. But they were like a major thing in my childhood. Yeah, and now they're gone. The creepy ice cream van would come around the estate and it would play that weird little jingle. And, and now you'd they're get gone. like a 99 and a Panda Pop. And now they're gone. I'm the harbinger of your doom. Dave, what have you been doing? Pretty much the same as you guys. Right? Hey. That saves time, doesn't it? Um, you to think. So, I um, I picked up the first trade of Captara, which is out now as a trade paperback, and costs nine dollars ninety eight because they wanted to be the cheapest image paperback on the stands. <laughs> Bless them. Yeah, that still translates to seven pounds fifty in UK money, which still translates to extreme value in UK money because it's fucking hell. Image number ones. Yep. Quality, low so price. So good. So good. And Captara is excellent, as we've already discussed. It's very, very funny. It's very, very silly. Uh, it is the thing from your childhood that you don't quite remember, but won't let you down, unlike Panda Pops. Aww. So, for for the quick overview. A team of astronauts are stranded on a planet made up of shit from Saturday morning cartoons. Not actual ones, but basically they land on the planet from He-Man. Everyone's a fucking idiot. Uh, and they have adventures, really horrible adventures, with a sad handjob robot. 
This sounds like a thing you would enjoy. It is a thing that I enjoy. The comic, not the handjob robot. No you one, probably enjoy that no too. One, no one likes the handjob robot. Because of what it is. Yeah. Because of what it does. Yeah, because it's so polite about it as oh. well. Yeah. Oh, it makes you feel even dirtier. Yeah. When you've ejaculated into it. But it's great. It's Chip Sadarsky, so you know the sense of humour is already going to be gently deranged. But um, Kagan McLeod is the artist, and he does big sweeping great art and covers the whole thing as well I think um, he did uh, Infinite Kung Fu which I really enjoyed mm-hmm. which is a very very silly Kung Fu comic um, and Captaro is great and as Chip Zdarsky explained they splashed out on the fancy neon ink that's always on the cover of, cover of Wired so it looks great the cover is pretty good it is it is and also um uh, volume one, I believe, is called uh, "Have No Fear, Tiny Alien," which is oh, splendid. Yeah. The uh, the subtitle of the first issue just gets me, which is "Oh, space! Why you got to be like that?" It's pretty great. It's pretty great. It's, it's what cool. you'd expect from that premise and Chip Zdarsky doing it. The yeah. handjob robot. Handjob robot. I don't like the handjob robot. So what we should also say at this point is, in case someone somehow hasn't noticed. Uh, there's an Image Humble bundle running at the moment. And if you pay $20 or more, so like 14 quid, you get all of Injection, Volume 1. You get all of Captara, Volume 1. You get... Bitch Planet, like yeah. 50 issues of Invincible. Odyssey, 50 issues of Invincible, 50 issues of Stray Bullets. Yeah, it's which worth is $20 for, 50, for 10 issues. Well, not, but for, for a lot of... Stra- fucking hell, that bundle's good. How long is it around until? At the end of the week, I think. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, hopefully this will be out on Thursday and people have time to take advantage of this fabulous offer. By now, you also get a set of kitchen knives. Um, you do not get a set of kitchen knives. You do not knives, get a set of kitchen please knives. Please don't sue us. We don't have any money. No, we don't. We do have, have one any. of those pens that can punch through a whole frozen roast chicken in a can, though. Yeah. What? Did you ever watch infomercials when you were no. younger no, for entertainment? No, come on. Look at him. Of course he fucking didn't. Okay, like we barely had TV channels with adverts when I was a kid. That's true, you are very old. And a weird austere northern childhood where we didn't have fancy telly. You did have whippets though, and pie. A lot of pie, no whippet pie. No, they were in the pie. Oh. So also out of the, the image bundle, I've read um, Jupiter's Circle, which oh, is interesting. weird for me because it's a Mark Miller comic. Um, oh, that's why I didn't buy it. Yes. Um... Well, Jupiter's Legacy is the original one, which is sort of superheroes aging in real time. So the, the heroes from the 30s and 40s are, they've grown up, they've had kids, they're sort of in their 70s and 80s, and yeah. they're, uh, um, they're, they're, they're passing on the torch. But Jupiter's Circle is them sort of in the 50s, um, and it's actually really good. It's a Mark Miller comic that reads like it's designed to be a story told in that form, given that a lot of his stuff really feels like a pitch for a movie mm. and, you know, gets bought and turned into movies pretty much constantly. Um, but comics are a movie with infinite budget. It's a trite thing people say sometimes. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> Sorry. I remember the first time some, I heard that sentence in Express and I just sat there blinking for a minute trying to work out which of the things to say first. So Jupiter's Circle is the spin-off, and it um, sort of meets them when they're young in the 50s. Um, and he's good, like actually good. 
well written, good characterization. Well, he's had good ideas. Interesting before. things. It it sort of follows the sort of various social problems that they run into. Like one of them's gay and obviously closeted because it's the nineteen fifties, mm. and they can't usefully be out in any way, shape, or form. Um, but it it's so sort of non-sensationalist and non-Mark Millery that mm. I really enjoyed it. Now I want to go back and read Jupiter's Legacy. Do you think he maybe like had to sit down and did some yoga or something and just chilled the fuck out? I think maybe he thought that not everything needed to be a hundred page spec script. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. How's the gender politics? Uh, it doesn't, you can't really tell because it's the 1950s. He's hit his stride. Yeah, he's about matched the, uh, the societal level. Um, there aren't many women in it. That's what I thought you were going to say when it was the 1950s to start with, but it's good that yeah. both of those things are true to smokescreen, smokescreen. Yeah, there aren't many women in it. Um, and so it's hard to tell how well the characterization's done because quite a lot of the main male characters are also quite thin because the characterization has mm. been done in the main arc in Jupiter's Legacy. So it really just focuses on a couple of them. But it's quite thin. But it's not, you know, his usual. Yeah. His usual. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I read is prose. Dun, mm. dun, dun. Is, um, We've all been reading, like, book books. It's yeah. true, but mine are mostly trashy romances. Nothing wrong with that. Well, mine are, mine yeah, is a book. They're not like book books. I can judge you if you like. Nah. We, we used to quite gleefully tell people that Mills and Boone books weren't real books because they didn't have an ISBN. I never told anyone that. Oh, I told people that all the time. I thought that was, like, a little bit too punched down. I didn't actually tell people that all the time. I oh. did enjoy that when we did returns, though. Do you remember the, the strip returns for the Mills and Boons where you have them like periodicals where yeah, rather than returning the to front. the... Yeah, you just tear off the covers, send those back and pop the middle. It's worked since the 1930s. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're, they're, they're handled as... Uh, most romance novels are handled by booksellers as periodicals rather than books. Although, interesting. The, these are, these are sort interesting, of substantial then. enough to be book books. Yeah, yeah they're like 150 to 300 pages, never more. No, 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 as in the ones I'm reading, sorry, yeah. that I was referring to. Apparently the paper of Mills and Boone is of a, a quality that makes it excellent to be used in road surfacing. <laughs> there are large areas of motorway in the UK where one of the upper layers, like the, one of the sort of shock-absorbing layers, mm. is mixed with pulped Mills and Boone novels. So in a very real sense, we weren't destroying books. We were building the backbone of this great nation. I believe you. Thank you. That, that, that concludes the um, Mills infrastructure and Boone slash <laughs> Mills and Boone section of the podcast. Now, I've been reading um, Mutants and Mystics uh, by Jeffrey Kripal, which is um, a book about early, early comics and early sci-fi and the influence of esoteric thought on them. Which is quite interesting. It sort of starts with fairly recent stuff, um, which I feel is a mistake because it jumps straight to Grant Morrison and all of that, but mm. eventually breaks out into a look at sort of late 19th century with some earlier stuff and early 20th century um, books and how sort of ideas from conspiracy theorists, spiritualists, esoteric thought, um, mm-hmm. New Ages, how all of that basically got reinterpreted into 
mainstream sci-fi and comics via the pulps and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really interesting book. It's a little bit um, too ready to believe in all of the supernatural stuff. Mm. Uh, there is a quote from Philip K. Dick that is, it then turns out, was delivered via a medium. Um, but in terms of the actual sort of cross-pollination of um, mm. genres from the sort of writings of the, the grand explosion of great American weirdness that mm. happened at the end of the 19th century, it's, um, it's really interesting. Um, and it also goes into some of the weirder uh, biographies of the comic book artists, which is great because it goes into very long comparative section on the beliefs of uh, Alan Moore versus Grant Morrison, which is great mm. to see them presented as these spiritual giants when you know they've been sniping at each other on the pages for about 30 years, just having these silly little spats across their comics. It's great to see these th- them presented as these almost uh, sort of post-human characters when you know they're just being dicks to each other. It's tremendous. But it's a fun book for anyone who's interested in... in the origins of that stuff and, and where those bits of thought bleed into one another. Mm. It's a good book. I like it. Good. Good. Strugglers, Cavalcade of Boys, both by both by Tim Fish, both broadly in the same world. Um, not terrible, showing some promise, not massively worth that much of your time but they did make me want to read his other things so they clearly got something going on that mm-hmm. appealed to me maybe that was just the gay stuff um, what else did I pick up Public Information 1989 by a chap called um, Philip Trinary Trinary um, I don't want you to do the double R at the end there I'm going to say Trinary um, I would say Trinary mm. but I'm from a different cultural moment and this is a weird little thing. It's beautifully high-quality print stock, wordless, only about ten, eight pages, um, thick line work, almost chiaroscuro in places, like sketch over rubbing work. It or looks like someone's paper. done some brass rubbings and then been really angry on top of them in pen. And it's a landscape with pylons and some sort of animate tree creatures. Maybe they're wood spirits, maybe they're bears. It's really not clear because the scale hops all over the place. And it's just got this one thing going on, which is two alienating moods set against each other. One man-made and itchy, the pylons and the buildings. And the other vaguely naturalistic, but still disconcerting. You can't hang a particular hook on it. Mm. Um, hang a hook on it? You know, like, maybe you don't mind. You, it's very... Dif- it's slippery. You can't work out exactly what's going on. I think it is a weird natural landscape, weird man-made landscape tension thing. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest thing I can extract from it. Um, do you guys ever watch an anime series called Serial Experiments Lane? No. No, because it sounded crazy every time we talked about it. Yeah, it is. It's proper mental. But one of the things it's got going for it is this, this running motif of looking at power lines and then this buzzing noise that runs over the entire thing kind of gets louder and it's just insanely unsettling. The kind of urban alienation of the sort of connected this thing with power lines but also the intrusion into landscape and this anyway power lines are creepy as balls and this does it well good creepy, creepy power lines good fun um damn days um tim levang i thought that was fun you got yeah. two copies of that so i yeah, have one no, it's not as fun it's just silly it's little just, vignettes really, it's kind of it? a weird offbeat sense of humor wandering around town pointing at things and making a fool of himself and occasionally getting attacked by odin yeah, oh yeah, he gets beaten up by Odin. Of course. 
Yeah. Well, he gets annoyed at someone talking about the inability to take the Christ out of Christmas, so he decides to celebrate pagan Christmas, accidentally summons Odin and gets hit with a hammer. Splendid. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's it's just kind of it's fun. It's like, if you fun. like that sense of humour, you'll like that. Yeah. I it's it's also got this nice little twine binding thing that pleases me. You probably should read more indie comics then. It's like a really easy way of binding books. Mm. It's true, there's a lot of twine going on. I mean, the art is... It's simple. It, it works. I don't know, it, it's a fun little thing. You know, It's, it's slight, but it's, it's pleasing. Um, unlike, uh, unlike Never Ever After, which was one of my uh, Thought Bubble picks. Oh, you didn't. You didn't. Didn't, didn't care for it. Didn't didn't care for it. I'm sorry. Um, it, it's beautifully drawn, but it just doesn't hang. I'm not going to get into it. It's some kids. I think they're like slacker deadbeats, except maybe they run a D and D group, or maybe they're actual mystical heroes. It's not clear that some of them do free running while wearing skull masks. And there's a mystical woodsman with talking to something that might be a anthropomorphic fox. Uh, something's happening, and it, it feels like the prelude to something, but. The page structure and the narrative flow is just completely not there. It just doesn't click. It's surprising. It's, it's, it's very well drawn. It's just very hard to pass. Broadly speaking, wouldn't recommend it, but it wasn't expensive. And they seem nice when I talk to them. Um, Manners count for a lot. <laughs> Am I just being a cunt? No. No, I'm just saying. There's like a lot... A lot of the stuff that we review is sort of published work and you figure that those creators have to be able to take their knocks, mm. but when people are self-publishing, you're not still not going to like everything mm. and a lot mm. of it's going to be rough and we kind of have to say so, but you don't want to do it in a way that... Uh, Makes creators sad. Yeah. And I bought this because it looked wonderful and we had a very brief chat. Um, it does look great. I just just didn't hang, you know. It's um, what what is glorious, and this was I think was this one of your thought bubble picks that this, you passed this, over. This was something that I backed on Kickstarter, but it was also a thought bubble. Mm. Yeah, um, this is Misk by Martin Simpson. Um, well, I think Simo Professional. Yeah, yeah, that's what all the, all the pieces are signed off with, and it's bloody gorgeous. Um, we'll try and put some pictures in the or some links or something in the show notes mm. it's this very dark palette I'm not going to do it but if there are any it's because Roger went back and got annoyed at me and did it himself fair very dark palette with this occasional woodcut note it's not like much else you're going to see visually no it's, it's unusual mm. it's imposing it's not crazy gothic a couple of the stories are like the one with the little girl getting abducted by a magical circus yeah that was the one I saw just pictures of that on the kickstarter which was like sold money take it the one with take the, my money for this magical circus comic the one with the tramp is amazing but Milltown is the one that got me it's a disembodied voice we don't know quite who talking to you the reader drifting through the windows and lives of people in an industrial town imagining what might happen to them and one of them has become a tree sprite because reasons but mm. it's um, quite apart from the art being incredibly idiosyncratically beautiful sort of mm. dark tones with rich browns and yellows weaving through and odd moments of highlight does kind of press down oppression and then massive expansion really mm -hmm. well it's tremendously affectionate the tone of voice has this portentous mysticism in places breaking out into a weird warmth mm -hmm. and then there's one where um, a quasi-mystical CEO with a talking crow on his shoulder pushes a failing CFO off a building um, and that's this sort of opens with this kind of pan to industrialism that is just profoundly beautifully wonderfully wordedly grotesque uh, it just it really holds attention the man's the man's got a fine fine voice and the artwork is delicious I would love to see some long form stuff from him mm. I bet uh, it would take forever that looks intricate 
Yeah, it really does. Um, particularly as the sort of the way the the colouring is styled, everything sort of looks as though it's glowing. Yes, it's luminous yeah. and strange. But yeah, that Which was I like. That was my crap sack. magic circus. Mm. A mixed a mixed bag for Roger's crap sack. I think are we letting him get away with that? Yeah, I'm should we just to. move straight yeah. on to you? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. What are you, Miranda? Um, I really enjoyed my crap sack. Um. So, uh, the first thing I read was Hand Me Down by Christina Bozinski. I like her. It's the first thing that doesn't have any words that I could actually follow that I've ever read. Wow. Like, it was transformational. Because it's very precise, still frames, and it's obvious where the narrative's going, I'm not Mm. expected to follow movement through, kind of movement in the art. Is it quite geometric? Some of her stuff can be sort of... Especially, maybe. A little. Yeah, there's some pattern stuff going yeah. on there. But, but it's, the line yes, work's beautiful. Very precise, very flat. It's lovely. But in a, in a good way. It's the, um, it's the story of a sort of, kind of a cycle through time thing, how objects get recycled and reused. So there's a sort of, a horn from a kind of alien or semi-mythic looking creature becomes a kind of crusted jewel drinking horn, becomes a trinket, becomes a boat for somebody and kind of gets kind of washed through these endless cycles of loss and rediscovery Ooh. with very different looking The same original thing or, or picking up and um, reinterpreting it. Picking it up and reinterpreting it specifically. So the what started off as an animal's horn becomes a drinking cup, becomes a boat and it gets jeweled and carved and redone in successive generations. And it's, it's lovely. It's really nice. It's very short and very readable and very beautiful. I always pick up some of her stuff at Thought Bubble. She's always got like interesting little things every year. Um, so I, I always tend to pick up stuff of hers as gifts for people. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I read Dick Cream, which is by Jordana Globerman. Yeah, um, it was, was one of my Thought Bubble picks this year. It was one of your Thought Bubble picks this year. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's very abstract, I would say, both in, in sort of in kind of page composition in terms one, of... One page of vignettes on basically. aspects of working on a phone, like not a phone tech line something that shouldn't be a phone sex line but is treated as one. Yes, um, working for a sort of male enhancement company gets just treated like a sex line. People wanking and breathing on the phone and asking if you're the girl on the box or the girl on the advert or if you can do stuff while they do stuff and just, um, yeah, it's grim. It's a, it's a grim scene and it's a good take on that which while sort of not trying to constrain it too much with narrative it's quite freeform yeah it just, I liked that. It just floats from piece, piece to piece I, I did like that and they're all um, they're all individually done so the paint on the cover is it's not a printed yeah. cover it's hand no, painted no not at all it's, it's like it's just I didn't realise no, no, no it's actual chunky oils on there mm. oh or Roger is touching acrylic. the dick cream that yes. feels wonderful he's fingering the dick cream and he's clearly enjoying it it's got a wonderful texture. It's not too cold. No, no, it's it's not even particularly grainy, but there's a nice ridge to it. Well, we've really taken this. Uh, we, we've reviewed the comic thoroughly. <laughs> it's definitely our most tactile review yet. Oh, I like the style. Can I borrow this? Yes, of course you may. You Roger is borrowing Dave's dick cream. You also read... Mean Girls Club. Mean Girls Club. By, by Ryan, Ryan Hashka. Yeah. Which I failed to intersect my brain with adequately. It, I didn't, I didn't really know what it was trying to do or say, and it didn't make me care at all. That was the problem I had with it. 
I liked it as a piece of design and as a sort of throwback to particular artists that I like, like particularly as um, quite redolent of an early comic artist called Fletcher Hanks, mm. who was an absolute fucking lunatic. Um, but he drew people who looked exactly like that, tall, out of proportion, mm. sallow-cheeked. Um, Bone structure yeah. faces, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess also I was to some extent prejudiced against it because given I think I would have taken the same concept done by a woman very differently I I sort of you know when I'm kind of layering gender onto the thing it's like I love um, Kay Beaton's Straw Feminists I love kind of Mm. bad girls done in comics by women whereas this it was like what what point are you trying to make I read it as being the same thing but that doesn't mean anything to me coming from a dude yeah exactly like, like that. I, I have I have a line on that, and that's my line. It's that's entirely fair. I struggle to see what you're trying to achieve as a guy doing that in the current gender climate in comics and beyond. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair. And it wasn't particularly narrative. Not, it's not. No. It's just a night of chaos with a club of weird, violent chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It you know intriguing in the quantity and and and, and spread of the violent chaos. You know mm. imaginative chaos, but still not enough to make me care. I read a few things. Good. Again, like you, I, I enjoyed most of what I read. Um, I read Damn Days, which we already discussed. Mm. I read um, Street Dogs. Street Dogs, Liz Lunny. Yeah, with Liz Lunny, which was properly weird yeah. and just very funny I really like her sense of humour she's great it's a gang of dogs I hanging around being hardcore on a corner and scaring dogs who work in finance but then it gets philosophical when they start recording what one of them says on crack bones and eating them crack bones and then they just hang out in a box and get worried by a fox which appears to be moving towards them very slowly. This <laughs> 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 sounds so good. Do you have it here? It's just very, very funny. Yes, I think I gave it back to you. Um, it was returned to the sack from whence it came. I don't want the thing oh well I don't want the things from the sack. Well you want this one, clearly. Yeah, no, I don't It's just very one. silly. It's like it's all Kate Beaton esque offbeat and um, extremely sketchy. It's just really funny. It's really just... sketchy, but there's some there's grayscale colouring. I mean, she's mm. based on some of her previous webcomic stuff. This is a an evolution of the style, <laughs> I would say. This is great. It just piles, piles, idiocy upon idiocy. Got me more and sweet crack bones. Yeah, he loves the crack bones. It's great. I read that. I liked it. Good. I think we've done quite well out of the crap sack. I think Roger got the arse end of the crap sack. Yeah. Did? Well, he picked the stuff that he thought would appeal to him. To be no. honest, we took... The... <laughs> that was his problem. We was wrong. We took, we took the weird stuff and left him with everything that looked socially valuable. Yeah, fair. Um, this is great. Uh, I also read um, a volume of In Situ by uh, Sophie Yanow, which I was struggling with initially because... Um, it it was it looked to have been done as twenty four hour comics or mm-hmm. um, daily comics, and a lot of it was um, like if you don't know the author and it's something that's written for an audience that knows them, yeah, it's very hard to get into. It just seemed like a sad person being sad in slightly abstract ways. Mm. Um, but actually, I really warmed to it as more of right. a personality came through. Um, 
it's really quite well done. As someone who I think I probably read the least in terms of diary comics or slice of life stuff of any of us. Yeah, I mean, that but for I, me is very much like a comfort zone. I'll happily pick up someone else's 24-hour comics autobio shit and just yeah. kind of... I don't like my own life a lot much of the time, so other people's always seem like a reasonable compromise. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there which is just sort of someone working through depression relationship anxiety that's what they're for but there's some that's great, what they're for there's some there's some great jokes in there and this there's, there's a bit in particular that did remind me of super mutant magic academy um which i'm going to show to you now uh, for for dramatic effect oh, it's the interactive segment of the podcast i love that one of the finance dogs is called claude <laughs> <laughs> i used to know an alsatian called claude left or right That makes it sound like you're asking about an Alsatian's political leanings. All Alsatians are right wing, obviously. <laughs> Land sharks, they call them. The police dogs, when they're police dogs. Land sharks. Land sharks. Yeah. There's a. So fuck, fucking shark up a dude, but on the land. I think I've told you, but there's there's, there's an incredible video uh, on YouTube which is just seven minutes or so of. French police dogs being trained. Yes, and it's just dogs yes. jumping out of vans, attacking people. Yes. Uh, and, you know, tearing through those big weird armored things. And then at the end, it just says, Le Passion de Chien. Do you have a link? I'll put one in the show notes. Thank you. It's, it's just remarkable. I mean, I've ruined the ending there, but it's, it's, no, just I a, it's an artifact that should the, not the exist. The and that's it. That's the Crab Sack Spectacular. It was. Very literally a mixed bag. It was also yeah. spectacular. I wasn't actually planning that one. That was off the cuff. Mm. Off the cuff and shit, but yeah, off I the think, cuff. So I think you guys got the best of it. I, I, I sort of enjoyed some of mine, but you guys, I think, definitely got the sort of fun little tidbits. Yes. So here's the thing, though, right? So after assembling all of these crap sacks and also tidying up my comic shelves at the end of the year, I don't have space for any more comics. It's giveaway time, people. Yeah, so um, the first person to email us with a request for some comics and their postal address gets the crab sack. Crab sack. That's info at consequential.net. I mean, I might hang on to the dogs thing. Yeah, you should hang on to the good ones. But for a, a but if you want the shit ones, you can have them. For email us. For a load of Roger's old tat. I'll pay the postage. You maybe, can't maybe say fair in that. Maybe not. I don't know. I might. I might be feeling charitable. It depends. If yeah. you if you get it in quickly, I mean, we I think we get paid on Friday, so you'll probably be feeling fucking flush then. We get paid on Thursday. Wow, shit. It's even better than Friday. Even better. Whew. You're right. It'll be Thursday, which is when the show's going out. Unless you're we'll be being to... paid. <laughs> so yeah, may I send us but not some for this. email? This is awful. Never for this. No. Email info at consequential dot net. Um, Asking for asking for a crap sack, and we will send you the remainders of the crap sack spectacular. Mark the subject line, please empty Roger's mystery bag onto me. <laughs> you don't have to do that. His heaving sack. You don't have to do that. But if you do that, it will probably get caught by our spam filter. But you give it a try. It, it won't. Our web hosting isn't that expensive. Just do it then. Just do what we told you. Just do it. You can have some comics. Mail me. Hasn't it been lovely to be back? We had a month and a half off. A month and a half. I quite enjoyed it. I quite like being back. It's not like a holiday though, because I love to see you people every day. Yeah. You didn't Apart have from to, Christmas. I mean, you weren't, we, we, yeah, we weren't there over Christmas. Didn't have to see us at all at Christmas. No. Blessing. S- saw my family. Yeah, worse. All right this year, actually. Okay. 
Anyway, I'm Spend sure. Spend time with my partner. Shut that's up. Jeez, oh, I'm yeah. not allowed a rich inner life. Inner, that's the crucial part. No one cares. No. Oh. Well, on that note, it's time to say goodnight. Bye.